I'll find an ingredient like rhubarb. We don't appreciate it for what it is because it's way too sour and bitter and astringent. I saw a recipe a little while ago for a rhubarb salad where all they did was coat it in vinegar and salt. And I thought, okay, I want to try that because I want to experience rhubarb for what it really is. I think having that curiosity about food sort of prepared me for having a curiosity about God. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello. I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. Ever since she was a child, Artie Sequeira knew she was going to be a journalist. But when her career fizzled out, and suddenly her dreams came crashing down all around her, she was left wondering, if she wasn't a journalist... Who was she? Artie shares how she learned to root herself, not in what she does or in the expectations of others, but in the one who made her. To root herself in God, and how it was from that place, through her struggles, almost without noticing, that she came to discover the gift that made her come alive, and the beautiful work God had given her to do. Artie and I haven't actually met, not in person, not yet, but I really look forward to when we can because, you see, we share so much in common. Like our English accents, our love of tea, and growing up in different cultures. And what a gift that is, to know how it feels to be the stranger, the outsider. Artie shares how God used that to equip her and prepare her, how that gave her the perspective she needed to do the work God had called her to bringing people all over the world together over food and joy and celebration. The Bible is filled with food and feasts and celebration. There's the Passover, the Last Supper, communion, the wedding feast of the Lamb, and Jesus' first ever miracle is a party. I love that, don't you? I also love the story of when the risen Jesus appears on the road to Emmaus. His friends don't recognize him not until Jesus breaks bread with them. Only as they share a meal together are their eyes opened and they see it's Jesus. Artie welcomes everyone to the table. I love her joy and her honesty and her humor, which is another thing we share in common. And I also love how she sees her work in the world as a generosity, as a gateway to connection, to bring light and joy and truth, and to speak for those who don't have a voice. I can't help thinking of the verse in Matthew where Jesus says, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I wonder what would happen if instead of arguing, we invited others into our homes and shared a meal together. Hospitality transforms hearts and lives, and no one knows that better than our guest today. So without further ado, please welcome my friend and yours, Artie Sequeira. 
My name is Ati Sequera. I was born in India, but I grew up in Dubai, in the Middle East. And in Dubai, I attended a British-run school, which is why I still have a bit of an accent. It used to be even stronger, believe it or not. I was introduced to cultures from all over the world. I mean, I just had friends from all over, and that really gave me a sense of how small the world is and how alike we all are, particularly when it comes to food. I mean, food was the way that we connected with our relatives back in India because we knew that, you know, when we had our cup of tea at four o'clock, that somewhere in Mangalore at four o'clock Mangalore time, my grandmother was having her cup of tea too. And so it was a way for us to be connected. It was a way for us to understand each other when we saw each other again, because a year, maybe two years would go by between visits and stuff. So just having that easy in, sort of it being a gateway to conversation and connection was a lesson I learned at a very early age. Well, so when I was little, you know, I grew up during the first Gulf War and that experience gave me this strong, strong desire. I think I thought it was my calling to become a journalist, to become an international correspondent for, you know, a news network, any news network that would take me. And my idea was that, you know, I wanted to go to every corner of the world and find the truth and share the truth with everybody, the truth of what was happening, to give a voice to the voiceless, to shine a light in the darkness, all of these things. And then, <laughs> and then God allowed my career to fizzle um, into nothing really. And this thing that I felt like was my identity since the age of 11, which was to be a journalist, just died in front of me. And it really caused me to go, well, okay, what is my worth then if I'm not doing this thing that I've always wanted to do, that my parents spent money and sent me to university to do? I mean, what is the point? And I would wake up in the mornings and say, Lord, why did you wake me up today? Like, why do you keep waking me up if you don't have anything for me to do? Like, just take me home already if there isn't a purpose. But in retrospect, I think that time was about him solidifying my identity in Christ and to understand that, you know, on my passport or on my driver's license, it might say, you know, what my address was and where I lived, but neither of those things were my true citizenship or my true identity. My true identity was that I was his daughter that he had rescued because he loved me so much. And so that was something that I really had to internalize. And while that was happening, I was cooking because it was a solace for me. It was a comfort for me. And that turned into me trying out for this cooking competition show on Food Network called Food Network Star. And when I won that, that gave me a whole new career. I had a cooking show. I wrote a cookbook. I judge now other people cooking on things like Guy's Grocery Games. And, you know, I've got a couple of shows coming out during the holidays, too. And something in me... I think out of a place of gratitude and out of a place of responsibility. And again, out of that same place of like, who am I? Who am I really? Isn't that what social media is all about? It's sort of telling people who you are and showing them your brand and all that stuff. But the thing that's most important to me is like my obsession with God, I suppose. It just overflows. It doesn't always, but a lot of times, you know, I'm looking at the whole world, whether it's food 
or politics or my family, you know, or my husband. I'm looking at it all through the filter of Christ. What I always wanted was that my relationship with God would be so real that it would just leak out of me, that I wouldn't even have to try, you know? And in a sweet way, I think God has accomplished that for me, where I can't talk about hardly anything without talking about what God thinks about it, because that's what I'm thinking about constantly all day long. And so when I first won and I suddenly had all these people on Facebook following me, I remember I had put up a video of a murmuration, you know, where birds fly in the sky in that particular pattern. And you can't watch that without being amazed and in awe. And I just wrote, isn't God wonderful? And there were a few people who did not like that I had said that. And they said, that's not why I follow you. And then there were a bunch of people who were like, wow, yeah, isn't he? You know, and it definitely scared me. And I thought, well, gosh, I've been given this gift and a way to provide for my family. Like, maybe I shouldn't mess this up and maybe I should keep my mouth shut about God. And then another part of me was like, God gave this to me. And if he wants to take it away, he can, but no one else can take it away from me. It's ultimately up to God. So I've just kind of kept it there where, you know, once a week I write a little piece on my Instagram profile that, you know, is something that I'm wrestling with or I've discovered in the word. And it's been really sweet to see how many people appreciate it. I think when I went on Food Network Star, I had a lot of fear, a lot of imposter syndrome going on because I'm not a trained chef. I'm mostly self-trained. And I felt like, well, what in the actual heck am I doing here then? This makes no sense whatsoever. And so I I feel like fear has been a huge thing that I've I've had to wrestle with. And it's usually fear of failure. It's fear of humiliation, fear of people seeing me for the quote unquote loser that I really am. You know, I've always sort of gravitated towards those stories in the Bible where, you know, the disciples are in the boat and Jesus is, you know, asleep in the boat too. And I love that that story is in there because you can see the humanity of the disciples saying, don't you care? Don't you care? We're scared out of our minds. We're going to die. (laughs) And you're just asleep. And so often I think when we're scared, that's how it feels. It's like, well, how could you turn your back on me? How could you abandon me? And the truth is he hasn't. He's right there with you. It's just, you know, sometimes these things that we're afraid of, we have to go through them or else they're always going to scare us or else we're never going to fully understand like down to the marrow of our bones, how big God is and how big his love is for us and how every single thing that comes from him, whether it's something that scares you, something that breaks your heart or something that energizes you and lifts you up, they're all good gifts. That's what the fear battle is about, is changing the perspective and going, okay, what am I actually really scared of? but God's there and he's in the boat with me. And he is so much bigger than any horrible thing that could ever happen. Our daughter was about to turn two, our oldest daughter, her name is Alaya. And I didn't know what to get her. You know, I didn't want to get her another toy. We were actually up in Northern California shooting guys' grocery games and I was 
75 weeks pregnant, it felt like, with my second. So I didn't want anything too huge. And I wanted something, I don't know, something significant. And so I got her the Jesus Storybook Bible. And so we started reading it to her and she's really smart. And But I still, I wasn't sure if any of it was sinking in, but she was so taken by the pictures and, you know, the illustrations, which is so beautiful. And the way that the stories were told that something stuck and then Moses, my second daughter, was born and we just kept reading it and kept reading it. And I don't know what it is about the way that these stories are written and illustrated, but every child I know totally gets it. And for me, it was so helpful because every story ends with, you know, especially the Old Testament stories ends with talking about God's rescue plan, you know, <laughs> and that every story in the Old Testament is pointing to the New Testament and to Jesus. And that was something I don't think I'd spent a lot of time thinking about. And so to have that, you know, voyage of discovery with my children has been so special. And I really, you know, our copy of the storybook Bible is held together by a thread, literally. There are pages that are ripped. There's a spine that's coming off, but it is so beloved. It's been so wonderful to me to, you know, take them to Sunday school and things and for the, whoever's teaching the class to go, wow, they really know a lot of stuff from the Bible. And I just say, it's the Jesus storybook Bible. I have given it as gifts to so many people because I just think no Jesus loving parent should be without it. This is from the Jesus storybook Bible. There were lots of people from faraway countries in Jerusalem. They couldn't speak the same language, but as they listened to Peter, everyone could understand what he was saying in their own languages. Many people believed and became Jesus's new friends and helpers. And the wonderful news of Jesus spread like sparks from a fire to villages, towns, cities. Every day, more and more people believed and so it was that the family of God's children, his special people, grew. Ah, that makes me want to cry. Mm. So good. I grew up in Dubai, and so pretty much everyone at my church looked like me. It was mostly Indians, Filipinos, and then every now and then there'd be some Caucasians. And so I still get a kick out of seeing people that I have never seen before talking about Jesus, praising Jesus, worshiping Jesus. It just, my heart starts to flutter because I think, oh, it's happening. So I can't even imagine what it would have been like in that moment when Peter was talking and all these people from different parts of, I mean, as far as Jerusalem was concerned, the world, you know, were all in this one place and could understand what was going on and were convinced by it, were changed by it. Um, that just makes me so excited and just makes me so excited when every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I just am so excited about it. Time spent talking about God is never time wasted. And time spent talking about God with your children is never wasted. And I think the more that you can kind of wrestle with whatever your own questions are about God and His ways and His commands and all of that stuff, the more peace you can get to about that, the better 
positioned you are to answer your own kids' issues with it, or even to cut them off at the past before they've even brought them up. And I've just found that this book has really helped me answer a lot of those questions. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at Sally Lloyd Jones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. <laughs>